This week, we bring on podcasters, police officers, and listeners to tackle the Micaiah Bryant shooting and the Chauvin verdict. Whether it be Dogecoin, Bitcoin, or what in the world is this safe moon thing, learn more about cryptos in our new segment for Money Talks. If you like what you hear, be sure to like, subscribe, leave a five-star rating, and tell a friend about us. I'm Zach. And I'm Brandon, and welcome to Say What He's Saying. We are here with Mike, an officer from Columbus, Ohio, and today we're going to be touching on the Chauvin verdict as well as the Micaiah Bryant shooting from, that has happened recently. Mike, thanks so much for joining us, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, we're super happy to have you on. Um, this has obviously been a, a pretty hectic couple weeks. Um, it's most to us, even. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> even longer than that, probably. Um, so it's really cool to, to get your perspective on some of these things. We had a previous episode where we brought uh, a couple police officers on and we discussed George Floyd and a couple other incidents that were going on at that time. But yeah, no, just really happy to have you on, happy to have your perspective. Thank you. Thank you. So let's just jump right in um, with the Micaiah Bryant shooting. So I mean, that one is probably most... I guess pressing. most relevant, yeah, most present, most relevant right now. Mm-hmm. Um, what what were your initial thoughts? What were your initial reactions when when you saw that this whole thing was happening? Okay, so I was actually on duty when it happened. So like the call went out over the radio, and like whenever there's an officer involved shooting, like like the entire everyone who's working knows. Like usually we we operate in zones. And that our radio traffic is divided by zones. But when an officer is involved, it goes out across all zones. So we hear there's an officer involved shooting. Uh, and then, like, kind of, we're kind of like everyone else. We're just waiting for the details. Mm-hmm. And then I hear that there's not only a, not only that's a woman, because that's kind of rarer than, you know, males. Well, we typically getting, see. Yeah. So, but then it's a teenager. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, Honestly, the first thing that popped in my head was, like, there has to be more to the story. Like, mm-hmm. the officer didn't just show up and shoot because, I don't know, I mean, there's this misconception that, like, cops are trigger happy and everything. But especially in this day and age, the last thing you want to do is even be in a justified shooting. Because, right. yeah. like, you're put under that microscope, you're scrutinized, you're taken off duty. You know, you have to go speak with psychologists. Like, you're, you're pretty much going to be like on the national level mm-hmm. in this day and age, especially when it happens on the day of the verdict for yeah. another, you know? So that's kind of like the first thing I was thinking was like, what happened? So, mm-hmm. and I think that's the craziest part about it is that like, there were already like protesters gathering like two hours later and two mm-hmm. hours later, like me, an officer who's on duty, I don't even know the whole story. Right. So and they're already... like, like they kind of decided that it's unjustified or whatever before like they know anything because there's right. no way they know more than I know and I didn't really know anything. <laughs> right. I mean, but then I found out that obviously the video, they dropped the video that night, which is super mm-hmm. rare. And obviously the reason they did it is because to any like level headed person, that's a justified mm-hmm. shooting. Because mm-hmm. I mean, the girl was, there's like this one picture that's going around and like her arm is back. Yeah, yeah, I mean it's 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 ready to go forward. So 
I'm thinking in my head, actually. So once I had the full details of the story, mm-hmm. I'm thinking to myself, like, really, that's pretty much exactly what I would have done. And in fact, the only thing that I would have done differently is if I had been on scene, I probably would have shot her sooner. Um, mm-hmm. Which like sounds weird to say, but like, so when we go through the Academy, we go through like, by the end of the Academy, we've gone through like 70, 80 scenarios, some of which are like super mundane, like, you know, uh, they'll be like 30 seconds long or whatever. And some of them are like life and death situations. Right. And uh, like in this particular one, if that had been an Academy scenario, that officer would have failed, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And not because he shot her, but because he didn't shoot her sooner. Because when you look at the video, um, what's the girl's name? Micaiah. Yes. She was she was chasing the first girl, mm-hmm. and then that girl falls, and for whatever reason, she turns and and goes after the girl in the paint. But if she right. had continued with the girl that she was chasing, I mean, that girl would have been, she probably would have been dead. She would have been stabbed yeah. a few times at least. Right. So it's like when there's like that imminent threat to like life. Or like mm-hmm. there's a the possibility of depending on what state you're in to see there's serious physical harm or great bodily harm is the wording for it. Mm-hmm. Like the only response to that is deadly force. So like a lot of people think you have to fire a warning shot, you have to like tell them to drop the weapon. You really don't when when like the danger is imminent like that. Now would you say that you had some any any officers at all that had different opinions? Because online you know, from different departments across the country, some would say it's justified, or he could he could have shot a warning shot, even though I guess from your perspective, it's not necessary that they could have used a taser and all that. What's your what's your I guess response to those perspectives? I would say, see, and that's the thing about policing, like in this country especially, is it's not uniform, right? Like across the board. So, as far as Columbus is concerned, mm-hmm. he did like everything kind of by the book. Except for, like I said, you know, I probably would have shot a little sooner. But, I mean, it's, it's funny because I can go into, like, the whole taser thing. So, like you said, a lot of people are talking about, like, using a taser. Mm-hmm. The thing about the taser is that, like, it's a tool that we have, but you could really only use it in, like, specific situations. And even then, like, the taser fails, like, something like 40% of the time. Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, it's it's because, like, there's so many factors that have to be taken into consideration. So, like, you're, there's, like, uh, when the taser shoots the prongs, there's two prongs that come out of the taser. Mm-hmm. And if one of those prongs misses, the taser does not work at all. Right. It is a and if there's, it, yeah, and if there's not a great enough distance between the prongs on your body, it's not going to be as effective. Because, oh. like, because the current travels between the two prongs. And then for some, I mean, then sometimes the prongs will penetrate the clothing or sometimes the taser just simply doesn't work on some people. So Mm -hmm. when you're dealing with a life or death situation, you're not going to do something that has a 60% chance of work. Well, would you say that there's, uh, well, I guess as almost almost as an aside, would you say that of all the things on the utility belt of an officer that the taser would almost be, is it almost now like for show since it's 40% it won't work and then all these outlying factors that you guys can't control of, uh, would you yeah, say that it's, it's, it's actually, I, I like that you, um, that you say that cause I think that it is kind of for show. I don't yeah. carry a taser. It's, it's mm-hmm. optional. We have to carry an, an intermediate weapon, which is either a baton or a taser. I choose to carry the baton because mm-hmm. okay. if I'm in a situation where I don't have to use deadly force, 
I would rather use mace. Or, I mean, right. if pushing him to shove, I'll take out my baton. That baton hurts. So if you take a couple right. hits from that, you're, you're probably going down. So then if you had some, so you in that situation, you were the cop and you had a baton instead of a taser, you would still pretty much have done the same thing, but just a little bit sooner. Yeah, well, and that's the thing is that uh, if if the other, like the baton, the taser, like those are not forward, like deadly, deadly no, weapon, like all. encounters, you know? So right. if somebody has a knife, you're not pulling out your baton. Right, right, right. If, you some, don't bring if, a, somebody, has a, if somebody has a gun, you know, you're not pulling out your taser. There are right. instances where you can use a taser, Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's like certain conditions that have to be met. So there's five criteria in Columbus that have to be met before we can use a taser when the other person has a deadly weapon. Oh, wow. And those are, you have to have time, distance, a barrier between you and the person, lethal force mm-hmm. backup, which is very key, and then like reasonableness. So like, is it reasonable that I would try to use the taser in this situation? And if you mm-hmm. look at the video, he didn't have any of that. And lethal force backup is the big key there because that's that's because the taser fails so often. Mm-hmm. Like you, you don't have time if the taser fails and someone has a, a knife, for instance, and they're coming at you. You don't have time to to holster your taser or even drop it and then unholster your gun mm-hmm. and shoot. Like you're pretty much they're going to be on you. So like there were all the officers that were approaching the scene, but they weren't right. on the scene like when the shooting took place, which is like very key. Right. And that was almost my question, because when you look at the video, I see the officer coming out of his car, assessing the situation and making an action. But then when the fires, when the shots were fired, the two officers came onto the scene. I'm guessing, was that primary officer the one who shot? Was he the first to arrive or yeah. were those other two there? See, like in Columbus, we mostly ride like one officer per car. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But there are certain situations where two officers are like supposed to respond so anything involving like a knife or a gun is at minimum a two officer run but those officers aren't always going to be coming from the same place true and you still have to respond so he was the Mm -hmm. first one there and he can't wait he can't be like oh this is a two officer run there's a knife i got away from my other officer like he has to he has to start you know working to resolve the situation and then hopefully the other officer arrives in a timely manner which you could say he did. He only, I mean, he got there like yeah. not that long afterwards, but. You got there before life was taken. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, so I appreciated you breaking down the the taser alternative because I've seen that going around a lot. Um, I was kind of hoping to run a couple other alternatives by you that I've seen going around online just to sort of debunk some of these alternatives and, and see whether you think that they actually would be feasible alternatives or, you know, or whether this, you know, like you said, I, the the officer made the right call. I, I'm of the same, I'll preface this with my own biases. I'm of the same belief. I think that he made the right call, but I know that a lot of people aren't. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the other one that I've seen going around a lot is shoot, but not at center of mass right don't shoot her don't shoot the body right you've seen a couple media um pundits and talking heads talking about firing a warning shot you've seen a couple talking about shooting the legs or shooting you know i think joy behar may have said to shoot the the bottom shooter in the butt 
Um, and so you've seen people talking about, it may not have been her, so I guess don't quote me. I don't want it to say for sure that it was her. But anyway, shooting something other than center mass, shooting the legs, shooting the, you know, the, the hands, shooting in, in the warning shot. Um, what's your take on those alternatives when you see those come up? Basically, the only people that you will ever see make a suggestion to like shoot the leg is someone who probably has never even been in the same room as a gun, let Mm -hmm. alone had any kind of training with a gun. Because as someone who has trained, I mean, we're we're trained to shoot center mass because it's the biggest target. Mm -hmm. And I mean, the leg, first first of all, the leg isn't even a safe place to be shot. That's that's literally all from the movies. Because, I mean, you have arteries all up and down your leg, including your femoral artery, which if you get shot in your femoral artery, you're probably going to die. Mm-hmm. So plenty of people bleed out from getting shot in their leg. So, um, but also we have to look at it this way. I mean, yeah, he could have shot her in her butt, but you can get shot in your butt and still stab somebody. Yeah, that's true. I mean, especially like when we're talking about like adrenaline and all that, you might not even react to a shot like instantaneously. Not yeah. saying that it doesn't hurt. Of course it hurts. Not saying that it couldn't stop somebody. It could. But we're talking about a life or death situation. So we're not we're not focusing on what could work. We're focusing on like what's most likely to work. Right. Because yeah. I mean if 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 you're the person in pink about to get stabbed, do you want the officer cycling through all these different options until something finally works? Or do you want him to start with the thing that is most likely to work? I think that's that's another thing is that people are looking at the situation and they're not realizing that that was a real person that was about to be stabbed. It's not like a it's not like a simulation or video game where you get like a do over afterwards. It's like, Mm -hmm. yeah, he had one chance to pretty much save her life and he did what he thought was best going to save her life. Yeah, with a hundred percent guarantee that I was gonna save that pink lady from getting any type of stab wound. And yeah. and he did what was necessary. On my end though, I only say and and I agree with the decision because at the end of the day, kinda like in the hospital work, the focus is patient care for the police for the police officers is to pr- protect and serve, right? Mm-hmm. And you guys did so in regards to I guess the situation and then the girl in the pink. My issue per se would be I guess the four shots would, would tend to seem a bit excessive since there's other instances, I guess that are floating around online, uh, that poses where similar situations with a different demographic comes out with someone living rather than mm-hmm. having a teenager have four shots in her chest. So the thing about that, I would say is I think also it's just like a common misconception mm-hmm. where a lot of people think that one shot is just going to stop somebody. Cause mm-hmm. I mean, there've been instances where like people have been shot multiple times. The bullet that has already taken their life is in their body but then they they run two blocks before they actually drop dead. Or I've seen, I saw one shooting where, uh, it was on video, I saw the guy had been shot. He ran across the street, ducked behind a car, drew his gun, aimed it at the person that shot him, and then he dropped dead. Wow. So it's it's like the body is just like, it's just, it's just like a weird thing in, in how it functions because one person that can get shot 
one shot is all it takes. They they die. They drop dead immediately. Another person gets shot, and they survive for a week before they die from that bullet. So, and a, a trained officer, well, any a train anybody who trains like with a gun can shoot like three times in one second. Right. So, mm-hmm. four shots. I mean, he was former military. I don't know exactly what his like training background was, but three or four shots. It's just like muscle memory. You don't have time to take one shot and then assess, and then take another shot and then assess. Yeah. It's just like right. you pull the gun, boom, boom, boom. Then you kind of like slow things down, mm-hmm. and like you know, and and mm-hmm. a lot of those shots. It's like if you're if you're if you're shooting three shots in one second. It's like that's why like they don't all hit the same place because she is reacting to those shots like at the same time. Yeah, so it's like he's shooting the one shot. The one shot maybe doesn't work. He shoots another shot. Then she's falling, and he's still all. I mean, he's not like assessing in real time. He's he's already pulling back for the third shot. Mm-hmm. So it, it's just. I mean, it's it's just weird, like being in that kind of situation. It's just like I said, you can't take one shot, and then right, and then you know, look around, sit back, wait. Oh, did it work? Oh, should I take another shot? It's just. Right. Basically, I mean, the, the three shots or four shots or however many, it happened at one. It was one event. It wasn't like mm-hmm. four different times where he was like, oh, let me shoot again. Let me shoot again. Let me shoot again. It was like, yeah. I need to stop this threat. Boom, 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 boom. You know? Right. Yeah. So w- would you say that there's – so for those who are against the shooting or I guess the passing of um, Akaya Bryant, would you say that there's any validity with – uh, I guess their assumption of how she died, or like, does there any credibility at all for them saying that she there's a scenario of which she could be living, or is you saying that's that what happened was best case scenario? I mean, I definitely agree that there are mm-hmm. many scenarios in which she could be living. The first one would be her not trying to murder somebody in front of a cop, right, that too. which that's I feel point. like a lot of people aren't talking about the fact. That, I'm pretty sure I read today. The guy that we see on video kicking the other girl in the right. head was it's her dad, foster right? dad. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know so how he didn't get the shot first. That was my issue because that lady was going to go. I guess she did or did not get kicked in the head, but he yeah. seemed like an imminent threat at that time. Well, yeah, but I mean, but then you have to kind of rank it. I mean, right. bare hands right. versus a knife. And if you, I mean, you even see in the video, as soon as he pulls out the gun, the foster dad like puts his hands up or whatever. That's like, true. So, yeah. like, so he, he knew how to act. Once mm-hmm. the cops, you know, got there and showed they meant business. Unfortunately, she, she did not. She didn't even see yeah. it when she. When by the time his gun was pulled, her back was towards him, and then that was it. I was like, "There's no way she could have even given herself a chance to not." Continue. Yeah, I mean, he gave he gave those commands though, which he yeah. didn't even have to do. Like that was kind of a, I'm sure the consideration of her being a a teenage girl. I don't know if he knew she was a teenager or not, mm-hmm. but her being a woman, I'm sure. Probably is what gave him that consideration. I have, I have to think that if that was a man with the knife chasing yeah. a teenage girl, he would he would not have given her any commands or given no, him any right. commands. He would have he would have shot immediately. Right. So yeah. I think it, one thing that I do have to say is just because I think that it was a justified shooting doesn't mean I don't also think that it's tragic that a teenager lost her life. Of course, which I think a lot of people think that you're either one way or the other, either. Mm-hmm. Either you think it's tragic that she lost her life or you think it was a justified shooting. I think both can be true. 
And at the same mm-hmm. time, we have to take a look at the adults in her life that failed her right. Right. leading up yeah. to that point. And that's the thing is that I see a lot of people talking about like de-escalation. We are trained to de-escalate, mm-hmm. but at the same time, we're not psychologists. We're not social workers. Yeah. We're not right. therapists. So we can't arrive on a domestic violence situation and like mm-hmm. heal years of domestic abuse or right. whatever. Right. We can't arrive in a situation involving an unruly child, as we call it, and like cure the years of parental neglect leading up to that point. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like de-escalating in a domestic violence situation is like separating the parties, breaking their line mm-hmm. of sight, getting everybody to lower their voice. That's de-escalating. Mm-hmm. But there's a time for talk and de-escalating and there's a time for action. Right. And like when there's a, a weapon actively being used you can't talk at that point. The time for talk is kind of over. Mm-hmm. It's like so, when you have time and you have like distance and no one's in imminent danger, that's when you talk. That's when you de-escalate. Right. So let's talk about <clears throat> let's talk about the release of the body cam footage because this was kind of unprecedented, right? You, they kind of broke oh, protocol yeah. to release it this early. And I think usually it makes sense to to have those protocols in place, right? Depending on the situation, maybe people haven't been notified if there was a victim or maybe they, you know, there there's still an investigation or you know, whatever the circumstances may be. It, usually it would make sense to, to wait at least a little while. But obviously, given everything going on, all of the riots, all of the looting, all of the protests, all of the, you know, everything... I, I see why they, you know, wanted to kind of get out in front of it and, and release this stuff early. Um, what are your thoughts on on the release of the body cam footage? Do you think that that was the right move in kind of preempting the reactions to it or trying to get ahead of it? Or do you see this as more of, I guess, the alternative would be, you know, bending to the mob or bending to public sentiment or bending to you know, whatever it may be. But but yeah, what are your thoughts on releasing the the body cam footage so soon? I was actually very surprised because, like I said, I was on duty when the shooting happened mm-hmm. and the footage got released bef- like before I was off duty. So, I mean, wow. that's just like w- within the space of a few hours, right. they're mm-hmm. releasing, not only like releasing a statement, they're releasing the footage. The camera, the full footage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, I-, I can't say whether that's right or wrong because mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. Do you think like, it? Do you think it helped or it hurt? I think it definitely mm-hmm. helped. I w- that's yeah. what I was going to say. Is like I can't say whether it's right or wrong, but I, I don't have a problem with it because, I mean, people were already ready to yeah, go out and protest and riot that night because because of the, they were anticipating like the verdict. I'm I'm sure nobody or not many people expected him to be found guilty on all three counts. No, yeah. not at all. So people were already ready, and you know, oh man, uh. You know, the verdict came back guilty. So now what are we going to do? Like with all this stuff that we had, you know, I cleared out my whole schedule for the night. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but here goes a shooting of a teenage black girl. Well, maybe I can protest over that. So I feel like that's definitely that was 100 percent the rationale behind the chief. And uh, I don't know, I'm sure the mayor had some part in it, too, in releasing mm-hmm. the footage so quickly was just to kind of show that. I mean, this is a clear cut, justified shooting mm-hmm. as far as like. I can't think of many police officers who would have a problem with this shooting. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, because of who the victim was, I can see the public having a problem with it. But I've even seen 
I've even seen like members of the black community be like, oh, you know what? Now that I've seen the footage, yeah. you know, it's it's tragic, but it was unavoidable. So no, right. A lot of people said that. Like, 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 yeah. it's, it's more it's divisive between groups. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, even Don Lemon and Chris Cuomo came out saying that it was that it was a good shoot. I was kind of surprised. Yeah. But, um, well, our our mayor like our mayor said that he was like after watching the video, I'm 100 percent sure that the officer acted to save the lives of two other people. And I don't know how much you guys know about our mayor, but he doesn't really like the police. Yeah, so if okay. if he's saying that, I yeah. mean, you know, what can that's good. What can I you did say? have a. Right. Zach, did you have a question? I feel like you no, had no. one. Oh, no. um, I guess uh, this is this is almost like an inside to the perspective of a department of something that happened like this. Uh, what do you guys at the department as a department do for the officer or in benefit of the officer when situations like this? Like, mm-hmm. do you guys like reassure him or like how do you guys handle it not only as a brotherhood, but as a department? So that's kind of like the thing about our department is uh, mm. like some people jokingly say it's like high school because oh, like wow. everybody kind of knows each other through at least through other people. Like mm-hmm. for instance, uh, this officer was in my brother's academy class. Oh, so wow. um, that's the first thing I, when I found out who it was, I texted my brother and was like, did you hear like Reardon was involved in this uh, shooting? And so I'm pretty sure he reached out to him. Uh, we have like, we have like a, peer assistance team which is made up of like other officers who like uh like they'll they'll even respond to uh like the scene of the shooting and there's just like a resource you can use to kind of talk to a lot of them have been involved in critical incidents themselves this officer actually his uh his father just retired last year he was a sergeant uh he was actually the academy training sergeant for like over a decade so he has a good like support system in place yeah. And then, like mm-hmm. I said, as, as far as uh, while the investigation is going on, he's on administrative leave. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know after any critical incident, you have to meet with the psychologist. They have to kind of clear you to go back to duty. So mm-hmm. I would say that I'm, I can't speak for all departments, but as far as like Columbus, like we have a like a ton of resources, I guess, for situations mm-hmm. like this. I, I'm pretty sure even if you live in the city of Columbus and you're involved in a like a critical incident like this, especially like where there's a potential for backlash from the community, they'll even like set up like a guard outside your house oh, or something wow. like that. So, I mean, yeah. as far as like how he's doing, I, I can't speak like where his mind is. Of course, I'm sure yeah. that I, he's been he's definitely been reassured that he did the right thing and he likely saved the lives of one person, possibly two that day. Right. So, but I mean, once he, at the same time, he took the life of somebody else. Yeah. Right. So even if it's justified, that's going to affect you. Right. Sure. Yeah. Like his life is not going to be the same afterwards because you're going to have to live with that, you know, which is just another reason why it's just like people think that when they say like cops are trigger happy or they just want to kill people, it's like at the end of the day, we're still human. We're affected yeah. the same way. Mm-hmm. And I know he has siblings. I don't know like how old they are, but. I know he has family members who consist of like teenage girls. So yeah. I'm sure he's not taking it like lightly. Mm-hmm. Right. Did yeah. you guys did you guys hear but the update on well not the update, just like some of the details surrounding that entire thing? So apparently it was like his sisters. Well, go ahead, Zach. 
Well, I saw the I saw the new footage from across the street um, oh, wow. that that came out that kind of was a little clearer audio um, and you could hear her speaking. And then, yeah, I, I heard that it was uh, a there were grown women like 29 that came to her house because apparently she didn't clean something. It was the mm. the other women that I think were out there. I think they were the former foster children of right. the, oh, the yeah, woman that lived there. Yeah. That. And so then there was some argument over cleaning responsibilities or something. Um, and Micaiah said something to the effect of you're not my guardian or you're not my, you know, you're, you're not in charge of me kind of thing. Right. Um, other than that, I don't know. I, that's kind of as much as I know, you know, I know that some sources reported that Micaiah was the one that called 911, but I don't know if we have any confirmation of that at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, there's, I do have there's a- definitely no confirmation of that because okay. I've heard, I've heard multiple like sergeants in the department say that it wasn't her. So, oh, wow. I mean, yeah, I mean, but once again, I'm, I don't know what, where they got that information from, but right. there's, yeah, there's really no confirmation either way. Mm-hmm. And while we're on that point, I just want to say, even if she did call, yeah, the call was that a girl with a knife was trying to stab other people. Right. So, it wasn't protect me. Yeah, yeah. When the officer gets on scene, and he sees a girl with a knife. That's what he's yeah. going to respond to. He, like it, it doesn't matter who called at that point, mm-hmm. right? And, yeah, I was talking to someone about it, and it was basically if even if more context emerges, it may make the situation more tragic, but it doesn't take away the vindication of the shooting. It doesn't take away the vindication of the officer because what he right. knew, none of that really matters I, right. in, in that context. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would you say that there's any form of repercussions on the on the grown woman's part? I was I've heard other individuals say that, and Grant, you can't necessarily check the degree of an Instagram commenter, but do you feel as if there's a um there's some ramifications on those who came to Makai Bryant's residence, or no, because of she was the aggressor in the case? Well, see, that's the thing is that uh, I mean, you can definitely be both the victim yeah. of a crime and the suspect in a crime. Okay. So, like, as with anything, there's going to be an investigation. Uh, I mean, if there was like some sort of assault that happened, that assault that happened before, I'm sure that those details will be shared with the investigating officers. If there was like any threats made, you know, that's a crime in and of itself. Uh, it's menacing I'm in sure Ohio. Foster dad is going to get charged with something. He would yeah, have it, to. Yeah. Exactly. So, but that, another thing I want to touch on is that I hear I see a lot of people saying. She called. She was acting in self-defense. Because of stand your ground law. Yeah, well, people are referencing because Ohio recently passed that stand your ground law. Mm -hmm. And I was talking to my brother about that. And what we were both talking about is that that stand your ground law is going to get a lot of people killed and or like locked up because they don't Mm -hmm. understand the law. Like this, all the stand your ground law does is it it takes away your duty to retreat if you feel Mm -hmm. as though you're in danger of like being killed or serious physical harm. Right. So yeah, before you had legalize. sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like, like you're saying, so before you had to exhaust all your options to get away before you could defend yourself. Now mm-hmm. it's like, if, if you're threatened, you can defend yourself with reason within like reasonable means, but it doesn't mean that if somebody comes and like punches you, you can pull out your gun to shoot them. Yeah. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean that if somebody like, I don't know, stabs you, you can chase after them and then stab right. them to death. So yeah. 
based on what we saw, she was chasing those girls. That's not self-defense. At that point, she becomes the aggressor. Right. Right. So. Yeah. And on that new footage, um, just because, Brandon, I don't I'm not sure if you had seen it yet, but you can also hear Micaiah Bryant saying, um, I'm a stab the fuck out of you, bitch. Oh, um, and so, yeah. Damn. So, yeah. Damn. So it kind of it kind of. <laughs> It, it it does a number on the self-defense argument. Like I get, you know, we don't know what was happening beforehand. We don't know oh, what was happening in that house, damn. but then, yeah, then you hear that and it's like, okay, well, at least at this point, it does not seem like self-defense anymore. Right. Um, well, I mean, obviously a tragic situation either way, you know, a, a teenager dying is, is always going to be a tragic situation. Um, we definitely appreciate getting your perspective on it. I was, I was thinking we could jump, uh, shift gears a little bit and talk about Chauvin for a little bit too. Um, so obviously that just happened too. We just got the, the verdict in you, you said yourself that you were surprised, um, with the three, the three guilty charges, guilty on all counts. Um, what were you kind of anticipating with this case going forward from, you know, did you watch any of the trial, um, or, you know, how, how much, I guess, were you engrossed in this issue? Uh, I can't say that I was, I mean, I didn't watch any of the trial. Okay. Um, actually, you know, I did watch the one like EMS uh, woman or whatever. As did I. Yeah. Right. When she was, uh, yeah. When she was like on the stand, mm-hmm. uh, I kind of disagree with a lot that she said, but uh, I mean, I'll just get out in front by saying that I like most officers that I've seen, believe that Chauvin acted like clearly in a despicable manner mm-hmm. and he was definitely guilty of something mm-hmm. uh I'm not a lawyer so I can't say mm-hmm. like like I haven't and, and also it's a different state so I can't say like uh what exactly he was guilty of mm-hmm. I figured that he would for sure get uh found guilty on the manslaughter charge yeah uh the murder charges I didn't quite See, yeah, I think Lee, I think uh, did for social the social impact of it. Yes, uh, I think, and that's why I'll, I'll I'll be surprised if like something doesn't happen where they like throw out something just just because like mm-hmm. I'm not saying that he does that he was right at all, but it was definitely mm-hmm. hard for him to get like a completely fair and impartial jury. Mm-hmm. I mean, because by the time that by the time the proceedings actually started, everybody's mind had already been made up. I'll I'll probably say. Yeah, and they said. Uh, that, I mean, Zach, Zach, you were mentioning that they kept him, uh, kept him away from media for like two hundred days or so for the OJ trial. Oh, for the, the OJ, OJ trial, trial, they did. Okay. Yeah, it was two hundred yeah. some days that they sequestered him. No media. No, I, I'm pretty sure they took away their technology. You know everything. Mm-hmm. But they didn't do that with this case. They didn't sequester the jury in this in this trial. Right. Right. So um but but that being said, I mean, there's there's really no defense for what Chauvin did. And right. I, I see a lot of people talking about like George Floyd's past or like whether or not he was yeah. on drugs. I mean I'm not I'm not saying that he was like a good guy or, or even like a martyr even, but I mean he was a he was a guy who I mean, he was he was killed, you know, based mm-hmm. on at the very least the negligence of the officer. Because yeah. uh, I can understand your knee ending up on somebody's neck. Yeah, but nine minutes to subdue complete. them. Yeah, but for for minutes, and then mm-hmm. when we find out when exactly he died, and see that he kept his knee on his neck 
for minutes after he died. Right. That, that means that he 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 felt no resistance and still yeah. stayed in that position. Yeah. So yeah. it was definitely malicious at the very least. And I mean, I think I think that's a wake up call to a lot of officers out there is that like if you do this kind of thing, especially if it's caught on camera, like you're gonna yeah. face the consequences. So yeah. right. I mean, I think it's, it's definitely. I mean, I don't have a problem with the verdict because yeah. You know, it sometimes it just has to happen for for the message to to go out. To get I mean, out there. You can't act like that. I don't think that the other officers. I actually don't know what they were charged with, or I don't know what's happening with them. Aiding and abetting. I don't know when their trials are set, though. Um, but they they got charged with aiding and abetting the murder. All right. I I don't know how I feel about that. I I don't think they'll get found guilty of that. But what do you suspect? Sorry, well, what, what, what do you expect out of the sentencing? Because we've seen all three, we've seen all three accounts go up, uh, and then he was guilty for all three. What do you think the the sentence, sentence, sentencing is going to be like? Because a lot of people are saying, yeah, the charges are cute, but until he gets, you know, three years in mm. a patent of risk, or you know, that's true. I mean, to, to be honest, it's like even like I was saying before, like with the sentencing, I don't even know how that works because I don't see how yeah. you can get charged with three different things for one event mm-hmm. it, it it doesn't really make much sense to me so i'm assuming that well i guess it was there's minimums for all of those mm-hmm. right. and then i guess it's it's really up to the judge whether he serves them like concurrently or or what have you but i, I can't imagine he's just gonna get a slap on the wrist right right yeah and that's uh, assuming there's no mistrial or anything like you were talking about mike um with with just the stuff going on, whether between the jury not being sequestered and the trial not being relocated from the beginning. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, different comments that people in public were making about it. But what do you think as far as this trial and sentencing and everything goes um, with the simultaneous, I, I guess, social component that Brandon was touching on briefly but the social component of all of this, the the protests leading then to the, the more extreme, the looting, the rioting and things, how, what do you, I guess, anticipate for the future of these cases that may come against police officers, especially if, you know, this, this uh, movement continues and let's say something like qualified immunity gets limited or, mm-hmm. you know, something makes it easier to bring charges against these against cops what do you see you know in the future as a cop yourself right if you put yourself in some of these situations now with the knowledge of specifically with the chauvin verdict but then just kind of in general with everything that's going on the public sentiment right now um do you think that that's going to impact you know how do you think that's going to impact police officers or you as a police officer right like are you are people going to still want to be police officers? Is that going to de- deter people from doing their job? Or is it going to, you think, have a net positive and kind of weed out the, the quote-unquote bad apples? Uh, I think that there's the potential for a mixture of, like, all of that. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. as far as, like, the qualified immunity goes, obviously, as a police officer, I support the idea of qualified immunity. But I mean, like like in the Chauvin case, see, the thing about qualified immunity is it, it protects you from like being civilly held civilly right. liable for most yeah. things. But if you break the law, you can still be held criminally liable. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but like for instance in uh ohio they just passed this law where like a pregnant female cannot be cuffed Ooh, like if we if we know that she's pregnant mm-hmm. uh and if if you like violate that you can face uh like criminal charges wow okay. which for me and the, the the thing is that we need no proof that she's pregnant right we, we have to go solely on her word so yeah most of right. the people that we deal with like it's like that thing they say is that like 90% of the time we're dealing with the, with 10% of people or whatever. Mm-hmm. So we have people that they go through the system, like they get, they get locked up this week. They're out in a couple of weeks. Then we're locking them up a week from then. So, so they know. So once they figure out like a lot of these women, mm-hmm. uh, prostitutes, especially they'll figure out that all they have to do is say they're pregnant and they don't have to be guffed. Wow. Yeah. Like then they're going to start saying that. And then, then it's yeah. going to lead to one day, they're not going to be cuffed. They're going to try and attack the officers. They're going to get body slammed. They're, they're basically going to get busted open. And it's, it's all, it could have been avoided by, you know, this, this law that it's just, it's the first step in taking away qualified immunity, in my opinion, because if you could be held liable for, for like cuffing a woman that said they were pregnant, mm-hmm. then, you know, they'll move on to something else, something else, something else. So so where do you draw the line there? So moving back to the Chauvin trial, then the Chauvin case with with George Floyd. I mean, we saw the we all saw the video, right? So there was a case to be made for before the point where George Floyd was on the ground and the kneeling started. He was being somewhat non-compliant. He was, you know, fighting with them, arguing with them a little bit, you know, and whatever. And so then he gets him on the ground. Then he gets him on the ground. He's restrained him, and everything is, you know, now normal. At that point, then you talked about, okay, so now he goes limp and he goes limp. He's presumably no longer breathing or, you know, no longer has a pulse, whatever it may be. What at that point, because that was when we were talking about this earlier, that was what sounded like your major hang up with how he handled this. At that point, where do you draw the line between maintaining the restraint because of the off chance that they may be playing possum and removing mm-hmm. the restraint because, okay, they've went limp. We need to make sure that everything is okay or move them to the car or whatever. Um, Cause like, you know, with the handcuffs, same thing with that, you know, it may very well be a pregnant woman and you actually do have to honor that, not restrain her and everything will be perfectly fine. Or maybe it's someone who's lying to then be able to fight the cop because they won't be handcuffed. So, so yeah, where do you draw the line there? What do you think? I don't know. What goes through your mind with that kind of stuff? Uh, Well, I know definitely here in Columbus, we kind of stress that we we might be a one officer car, but Mm -hmm. we're not the only officer working. So if you, if you're in a situation where you feel like, like, you could possibly be in danger. Just go ahead and call for backup. No, no one's gonna be like, "Oh, this guy's calling for backup again." Like they're gonna take right. it seriously because we know how things can get out of hand, and it's a lot easier for two or three people to restrain someone than for one person to restrain them. So, like with George Floyd, I have no problem with like putting him on the ground, uh, on his on his stomach or whatever to to get him in the cuffs, or maybe uh. We have what we call in Columbus. We have a hobble where we like tie their legs together or whatever. Yeah. But but then once once you have him restrained, then it's time to like let up, you know. And they had three other officers there, so you're telling me that 
four officers couldn't restrain a handcuffed man. I, I just, I don't buy it. So I feel like with everything, there's just like a certain level of reasonableness. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, you do, do what you have to do to keep yourself safe and to, to, I guess, reduce the danger to the, the, the suspect or whatever that you're trying to restrain. But at the same time, it has to be like within reasonable means. So, you can't like blast somebody in the face because you thought mm-hmm. that they were a danger to your safety. Like this, this is an inherently dangerous job. So we have to accept that sometimes we're going to be put in dangerous situations. And like a lot of the other officers say, like sometimes it just sucks to be the police because mm-hmm. it, it, it's, it's going to be a lose lose situation for you. So, I mean, I don't know him being, I don't know how long he had on uh showman did on uh the force. I know the, Two of the officers were brand new, but I mean, he—I'm—I'm I'm sure that George Floyd isn't the first person that resisted no. with him. No. I, I haven't really been on that long, and I've had people resist with me. You know, I haven't killed nobody though, so <laughs> it's—I don't know. It's just—it's—it's it's definitely a balancing act, and mm-hmm. you just have to, I guess, rely on your training and just do, do what kind of do what makes sense. Oh, of, of course. And I feel like for all the questions that we we definitely thrown at you, I, we definitely appreciate the perspective and then the demeanor that you have in answering these questions. You know, a lot of us, we go online, we try to voice our opinion and we don't have the proper perspective or the, the respective perspective uh, mm-hmm. to give a reasonable reply. And I I have to say, I appreciate that. Uh, we got to have you for, for on, actually... This is almost unfortunate, but for instances like this, we'll uh, hopefully we get to call on you again and get more mm-hmm. of a clearer picture. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I will say one thing mm-hmm. to, to anybody listening: mm-hmm. if if you have like opinions on like how policing is done, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, <laughs> but unless you've been an officer, or I don't know, maybe if you have a parent or something that's an officer, you probably don't know like how policing actually is it's a lot different from what's portrayed on tv like i myself i like to watch cop shows but at the same time i'm like oh that's that's not right that's fake that doesn't happen in real life so i would encourage anyone who like has opinions on policing to like do a ride-along do multiple ride-alongs i know a lot of the big departments offer like citizen police academies Mm -hmm. and uh those are typically free they do them on the weekends or whatever. They like they'll show you a lot of videos. They'll they'll probably take you through like some of the defensive tactics training that we do. You know, so I feel like just doing those things will give you a, I guess, a better perspective. It'll give a little more credibility to, I guess, your opinions because it's there's nothing wrong with being passionate about something, but being passionate, in my opinion, does not absolve you of your responsibility to also be informed true so yeah i'll I'll just say that i mean if you want to criticize the police that's fine like i i and every other officer knew when we joined that we're going to be criticized but i would like the criticism to come from like a a place of knowledge Mm -hmm. not just from like a place of emotion so Mm -hmm. that's just my little plug you know those resources are out there take advantage of them (laughs) yeah yeah, no, well, we appreciate it. And and those are really good points. Um, you guys have kind of 
tied this up already. The the last two parts of each interview, we typically give uh, the interviewee a chance to give some plugs and then say what needs saying. Um, whatever else that either we haven't touched on or if we have, but maybe not in quite enough detail. So, Mike, I just wanted to turn it over to you one last time. Um, if you have any plugs or anything that you want to to bring people's attention to that you haven't already, um, or if you have anything else that you would like to say, um, anything, you know, it could be about Chauvin or, or Bryant. Um, obviously, there's plenty of other things going on between Wright and Nazario and Toledo and, mm-hmm. and everything else that's been in the news. So at this point, I just want to turn it over to you. And if you have anything else that you want to say, um, the floor is yours. Thank you. I think I, I pretty much covered uh, everything that I feel needs to be said. I will say that um, I think uh, what a lot of people do is they forget that like officers, we're not robots. Mm-hmm. Like we're we're living, breathing people with families, and like we have hobbies and interests and all that. Like a year ago, I was working at a bank. Wow. Uh, there's, I mean, there's one one of my uh, buddies from my academy class. A year ago, he was he was a nurse, a registered nurse. So. I feel like everyone kind of has this image of police in their head and they're all like the same person and we're really not mm-hmm. like we have very vastly different backgrounds and different all kinds of different reasons for joining and most of those reasons are like pretty selfless it's because we wanted to help people we wanted to make a difference we were tired of sitting behind a, a desk we wanted to go out in the community and actually help people so i feel like just to keep that in mind when we're making judgments about these officers, like, I don't know what was going on in Chauvin's life. I find it hard to believe that he just woke up that morning. It was like, I want to kill somebody today. <laughs> but at the same time, him being on the job for, I don't know how long, I don't know what he's experienced, mm-hmm. what he's been through, like where his state of mind was. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's, it, while I believe that he was wrong in what he did and he deserves to be punished, I'm, I'm still not going to forget that he's a human being mm-hmm. and has all the flaws that all human beings had. It's just like the difference is when he made a poor choice on his job, it ended somebody else's life. Right. Whereas an accountant makes a poor, like a bad choice on the job. Somebody might be out a few bucks. So it's, it's just completely different. There's a lot of stress with the job and it affects people different ways. So I don't know. I feel like I would just encourage people to to think of officers as humans mm-hmm. and just to realize that like I guess everybody's story is different. Everybody's dealing with different things. So maybe maybe they don't jump to conclusions about people. I don't know. But yeah. that's pretty well, much it. You- yeah, I, I, at least I wanted to say on air, thank you so much for all that you do and the efforts that you put out there. To be a black cop out there is in and of itself a role that many people can't bear so i appreciate uh i appreciate you got um you doing that and taking that step um but he wrapped it up perfectly zach if, if, mm-hmm. no, if nothing left yeah yeah no that was awesome like thanks so much for coming on uh, it was really great getting your perspective on all of this and hopefully we'll hear from you again sometime yeah. no thanks for having me and then i'll definitely try to get back on you know whenever i can yeah. of course Th- thanks awesome All right, well, take care, Mike. Thanks. All right, you too.